welcome to season two, episode two of the IntelliCast podcast. Double deuce. My name is Adam Jolly, and joining me as always is my co-host, Brian Lamar. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. Are you ready to go out of town? I... Starting off strong. Hold on a second. Let me think about this. I think I'm in the office four more days for the month of January. Here we go. Let's do it. Get a look at this face. Happy New Year. Get on a plane. Uh, that's the way the industry goes. As always, IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research. IntelliCast1 on Twitter. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. Our email address is IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Brian. Yeah. How's social media going for you? It's going pretty well. I mean, I monitor our Twitter. Yeah. How's that going? Um, with producer Brian. He primarily does it, but I like to monitor. I like to follow along. Sure. Um, it's going pretty well. I love it. I love monitoring social media. Monitor. My favorite type of lizard. Uh, this week, uh, we got a little bit of a different thing. I am going to go over some of the predictions that we put in our blog last week, and which I said I, I hate when people make predictions. We're going to yeah. go over them today. I'm okay. just going to ask them. Maybe we'll dive in a little deep. There's really two of them I really want to dive in. Okay. To and our, by the way, we've done no show. I don't know what you're asking me. Well, when did we last do show prep? <laughs> so it needs to be said, we have done zero. Well, I saw you scribbling on your pad of paper. That's yeah. That's how I do it. Um, all right. You want to dive in? Yeah. Start doing it? Okay. So one of the predictions that you had was yeah. going to be uh, maybe not the fall, but like a kind of a diminishing of some of the bigger market research yeah. firms, right? So my question is why? Yeah. That's my first question. Is what, why? Why do you believe that? Yeah, I think the primary reason is they can't be very agile. They all are going through some of these big challenges with selling off parts and lawsuits and um, layoffs, unfortunately, downsizing, and they're just too big. And a lot of these other players, kind of the niche firms, they can move so quickly and innovate and just really um, just outperform them now. Having said that, Cantar, Ipsos, GFK, I mean, they've they've been three of the top few market research firms in the industry for a long time, and deservedly so. We owe a lot to what they've done in them. But um, they're just too big. I mean, too big and slow-moving when the industry is just moving so fast. That's That's how I feel. Yeah, I get that. At the same time... So the industry is innovating, right, and finding new ways to do research, finding new ways to do that. At the same time, they have such a big market share. Can't they really stunt a lot of that innovation? And oh, like yeah. That to where it like kind of it stays the same? Yeah, they have a huge it's market It's like a wag there. the dog type situation, right? Yeah, I left out Nielsen, by the way. Um, On purpose. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they can stunt a lot of it. And they can also, I mean, they can easily buy up competitors, which I think they do a little bit of. Right. Um that's easy to do is just, hey, here's a competitor. They're pretty cool. Let's buy them up. And sure. then you never, never hear from them again. They'll do a lot of that, I think. But, I mean, when's the last time you saw one of those big companies with, oh, my gosh, we grew 10%. Like, is that, has that happened in 10 years? <sighs> no, but, I mean, they, they can grow millions of dollars. It's like, 20, yeah. like dozens 2% of millions. 2% could be a, a big number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that may be a little bit too hard. But I guess – Every every question that you ask, right, goes back to like what's in it for me type thing. So I guess yeah. what would it mean to the rest of the industry if one of these big companies fail? So you think yeah. about like 
you know, GFK sold off a bunch, has sold off some yeah. things in the past and things like that to Ipsos. And Cantar is talking about selling off 80%. Yeah, Cantar is talking like, what would it mean if one of these giants did collapse? Um, I think we'll just see a repositioning in the marketplace. I don't think that market research overall is going, I think it's going to grow rapidly. And we've seen sure. growth, even though you see the financials and a lot of times it's, 1% growth or negative growth. It's just going elsewhere. All of the growth is going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And what we'll see, let's say Kantar sells off a lot of their stuff. Um, hopefully that infuses a lot of innovation and energy and new products and focus. Like it's hard to focus when you're Ipsos and Kantar and Nielsen because they do everything. Right. They do qual, they do quant, they do global, they do tracking studies. They Now that all of the new trends, they do all of that stuff too. Um, I think it'll be good for the industry. I'm, I don't think the word collapse. I think it'll just be kind of repositioning elsewhere. I get that. Uh, and I agree, to be yes. honest. Um, I, I am under the perception that the industry size doesn't change. Yeah. It just rearranges its chairs a lot of times. Yes. Right. And so like there, there is a, a chunk of money being put out to research. And then like we said, like last year, there's a lot more new buyers of research. Yeah. And I think they were just using their money internally rather than going out to maybe a big guy or something like that. Yeah. It's hard. I think the, um, what is it? The gold top 50, the Hannah Michael top yeah. 50, whatever it is now. Sure. Um, and um, you see other people doing it too, but it's hard. A lot of these companies are small and private. Mm-hmm. So the growth is not going to be publicly known when we know that there are just locally here in Cincinnati, there are small private companies that, you know, tripled their workforce last year. You know they're growing, but it's hard to measure that kind of stuff. It's Our industry is so small. When you start rank order in the top 50 in terms of revenue, that doesn't represent our industry, I don't think. I think our industry is growing more than the number of show, and I think it's ripe for a huge explosion. Um, It's just hard. It's it's so hard to measure. I mean, kudos to those people that try to do it. That's just not easy to do. I agree with that. Uh, Another one of our predictions this year was about blockchain. Yeah. Blockchain is going to remain number one. And I think when we talk about it, it's going to be a huge topic. Along with that, you have to think about what will the effects of blockchain have on panel companies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I think every month on my idea kind of changes. But like, if blockchain remains number one as far as trends that we're talking about in the sampling industry, yeah. what is what do you think happens to like the traditional sample suppliers in the next, say, six months? Well, here's what I'm hoping doesn't happen. I'm hoping that all of the money that we're doing to innovate in terms of blockchain for sampling, which is kind of a pie in the sky and it sounds awesome, right? It'll solve all our problems. I'm hoping that all of the investment is not only in blockchain, which stifles the investment in other areas Mm -hmm. because it should be hand in hand. It should be simultaneous that we're still building traditional panels. We're still looking at better data quality solutions. We're still looking at better API and DIY type solutions across the board. What I don't, what I hope does not happen is all those things kind of, well, I've only got $10 to spend. I'm going to put nine of it on blockchain and a dollar on the other stuff. And then everything kind of falls apart. That would be the worst thing that happened in our industry. I don't think that's happening. I think most are hedging their bets a little bit. I think that the blockchain is kind of new investment. Um, I think we'll see. I think we'll see a lot of progress being made this year. Um, I think that the last six months, people have been hedging their bets a lot, including us. Yeah. 
looking at various options and trying to figure out who you're going to hitch your wagon to. And um, I think that kind of the crash of the cryptocurrency mm-hmm. in some ways was a good thing because it, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like last June through like September was like, it felt like, Oh my gosh, we have to run as fast as possible to blockchain. Sure. And everybody was talking behind the scenes and publicly and writing blogs about it, talking about it at conferences and finding new friends and see what they thought and picking people's brains. Well, then the fall of cryptocurrency and it's like, okay, let's level set a little bit. Yeah. And even though cryptocurrency and blockchain aren't necessarily entirely related, they're somewhat related. I think this kind of set the expectation back to like a normal level. Maybe am I right? Am I wrong here? You're right with that because that's the first introduction that most people have to blockchain is it has some kind of cryptocurrency type thing, right? And then yeah. when we started diving into all the different companies, yeah, like the actual current the cryptocurrency part was way way down the list to be honest, you know, yeah. and how like whatever your different your token well, can be different and how that can be like a, a differentiator. Between, like, are people like, still talking company. ICO? I don't even know. Yeah, are people ICOs still are. are still out there? Okay. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're they're still talking about it with some companies. Uh, a company like Veriglyph is doing more like a note like thing. They're not right. getting involved. That seems in, very traditional. Yeah, That's like, what I would expect them to do, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Especially with how they're doing as almost like a conglomerate, you know, yeah. at the same time. So that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Um, ICOs are tricky, you know, because I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen or what's going to fail or what the value of your token's going to be, and it could really sink the value of your company if a lot of it is in that type of realm. Yeah. Um, but I think the idea. The idea is that if you can be a strong enough research asset, I think that's if I'm OEB or if I'm measure, think about those two yeah. in particular, that even if the cryptocurrency starts to fail or ICO doesn't participate, don't, you know, it doesn't particularly go as well, you still have like a leg to stand on. So that's why you see yeah. them like as much as they're going out and grabbing money, they're grabbing uh, relationships and grabbing, you know, yeah. some kind of partnerships with research firms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To where, it almost like Veriglyph has gone the opposite where they've won out r- relationships yes. and like build some kind of like yeah. leg to market research stand on. And now they're going and trying to get money because they yeah. didn't have to worry about like what your ICO or thing like that was. Right. I, another thing I'm hoping for is that, by the way, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but yeah, you're. Um, I'm hoping that I am a strong believer that this, this is not a zero sum kind of game. That the more that Veriglyph wins, the more that opinion economy loses. I think all of these companies can survive. All of them can be profitable. I'm hoping they all innovate. I'm hoping they're all successful because they are kind of they are kind of carving out their little niche. You're starting to see a little little bit of separation in how they're acting. I think they could all win. I think that that is what will lift up the industry. I agree. Is if they don't have, I mean, I guess you have to have that killer instinct, and you know that's your competitor. But I'm hoping that they all realize they can win and lift up our industry. And I think we, I think we can see rapid growth of the thing, the benefits that we're seeing. We can deliver so many better insights to our clients, and so many more decisions, better decisions can be made, and people want to spend the money on it. Yeah, I think they will. Do you think that blockchain opens up doors of technology and like doors of like access to respondents that? will also hurt those big names that we just talked about. Oh, yeah. I think when you talk about it, blockchain at first, and maybe this is like the Ted Wallace thing where like we're going to put panel companies out of business, Yeah, is that you think about, okay, well, it's going to redo how we think about sample. But it kind of redoes how we think about research. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So like, if, like, okay. So example, you send that IIX guy from PNG says, you know, yeah, we pay four bucks for it. We'll gladly pay $9 for sample yeah. if it means we're going to get good things. Right. Yep. Sounds great. If PNG is working directly with the sample company and like, right. they're not going to a big box market research firm who takes your $4 sample that a sample company sells it to marks it up as well, right. as well as all the other costs and everything that they go into it. Right. So as much as it makes sense to like, okay, we'll pay more for that. Pay more for it if it's good. You already have very cost conscious yeah. um, market research firms that are in a sense of middlemen between the data and the applicator, like the yeah. you know people that apply the data. Yes. It kind of prices them out, right? I think everybody has to shift. So I, when I first started thinking about this, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. We're a middleman, right? I think everybody went through that because everybody's, everybody's a middleman. Everybody's yeah. a middleman in different yeah. ways. We all kind of have to shift a little bit. And um, yeah, unless you're a brand working with your own database of right. customers, right. you're a middleman. Right. Yeah. All of us are middlemen between the person doing the data, like taking a survey yeah. in our case, yeah. and a person using the data, which is sure. the brand. Um, and there's, I mean, how many levels of middlemen are there? I don't know, somewhere between two and. 10 maybe sure maybe one level gets removed in some cases we're all gonna have jobs it's just gonna be a shift it's gonna be a pretty big shift but our industry will shift just like every other industry they're all they're all gonna go through it every industry is gonna go through it healthcare is gonna have all kinds of crazy changes and logistics and then you know we'll kind of follow their model maybe i don't know that gets cool uh you want to take a break just for a second do a mount rushmore yeah let's do a mount rushmore yeah, take it easy uh mount rushmore of sandwiches. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. New Mount Year's Rushmore resolution. Sandwiches. New Year's resolution. My top four sandwiches. Let's do it. All right. My number one sandwich is the BLT. BLT is, yeah. Unbelievable, isn't it? it if if there were like um, a Mount Rushmore of the consumer's sandwiches, the BLT is the first one up there. It's just what amazing compliment of sandwiches. What, uh, you got one? Uh, mine's pretty similar. I'm going to go with just the standard club. Pretty similar it. to yeah, a, a BLT. I'm Put some that. cheese on it, maybe. I love a club sandwich. You know what is like an underrated thing? Um, there's cheesecake factories everywhere, chain store, right? <laughs> yeah. They have a club sandwich on their menu. Okay. With honey mustard. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's why is it a big? Go? I like a big giant club. Yeah, just because it's a table. Yeah, and, and just for those, since this is an audio podcast, our table is eighteen feet long. Right now. <laughs> We're so far away from. I can't even see them. Uh, my next one is patty melt. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, didn't think you were gonna go there. It's a less carby than a cheeseburger, but it's it's basically a cheeseburger. Yeah. What do you got? Oh, this is. See, I have six on my list. Um. I'm going to go with like a steak sandwich, like a ribeye, not not like a, I don't know, the generic steak, like an actual steak. You put it on a hoagie, you put, slap some cheese on it, some onions, a steak sandwich. Like a steak sandwich from like a pizza place here in the Midwest, like a grinder type? No, like an actual ribeye. You put a ribeye oh, on a okay. grill, okay, you yeah. slap it on some bread. Okay, sure. <laughs> That's what I'm going Sounds with. like cheating. Mine is the caviar sandwich. Oh, no, 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 I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> Almost challenging um, that one. I got Reuben as my next one. Oh, that's another good one. Gosh, I love Reubens. I love Thousand Island dressing. Okay, that's good. All right, I'm gonna go Sloppy Joe. <laughs> did How you, did I miss it? 
You miss lunch. I, I love miss sloppy, sloppy juice. Joe, oh, man. Some manwich. A manwich. Or woman rich. It's so depending on who makes it. So easy. A pound yeah. of ground beef, a can, and a bun. Oh lord, man, that's great. Oh man, like a good like one of those buns with like the crumbles on it. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, it seems like a little seedy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that's called. Sloppy Joe. My last sandwich is actually a character. It's Mary McCheese. He was a talking sandwich for the old McDonald's days. Like he was a, a sandwich, but he walked amongst us, and I think that that deserves some kind of recognition. He's not nearly as good as Hamburglar. The Duke of Sandwich is that one? The Duke of Sandwich, yeah. Earl yeah. of Sandwich. Earl maybe. of Sandwich, yeah. Yeah. Duke, Duke of Kitty, Earl. Kitty Gross. Let's get her on that. Bring her on. <laughs> She'll know. What's, what's your last one? I'm gonna go with a, this. Is another weird one. This might elicit a reaction out of you. Peanut butter and jelly. I love peanut butter and jelly. I at least yeah. one week. The the key is the um, distribution uh, percentage of peanut butter and jelly. What's your percentage of peanut butter to jelly? I'm gonna go the about ratio. seventy peanut butter, thirty jelly. I think I'm a high peanut okay. butter guy. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, when I first started at EMI and I had a little one bedroom apartment in a little four family in the old part of town over yeah. in uh, East Walnut Hills. Yeah. I used to come up every day. Make a peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Slap that on a George Foreman grill. Like hot press it. Whoa. A hot like panini peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. I bet that melted peanut butter. Makes yeah. It's almost desserty. It's yeah. good. Uh, do you want to go Florida Awards? Everglades? <laughs> Everglades of sandwiches. The Everglades of sandwiches. The four worst sandwiches. Number one for me, ham. <laughs> yeah. Ham is disgusting to me. Huh. I just don't understand. I don't know how it's made. I know that you can't kill a pig cook it, cut off something and say, this is ham. I think you got to do a bunch of stuff to it. That's unnatural. Ham sandwich, worst sandwich. All right. Well, I'm going to kind of take it another step further with my yeah. first one is bologna. I mean, you don't know what ham is. You really don't know what bologna is. Even oh, though I'll eat a bologna man. sandwich, a, a boar's head bologna sandwich, pretty good. You get the Oscar Mayer bologna sandwich, you don't know what you're eating. It is in the bottom four. Oh, no, man. I love it. I used to love like getting the red string. Yeah, that goes around bologna and like chew on that when I was a kid, floss with that, get some extra bologna. Yeah. Pimento loaf with little olives in it. Well, pimento is going to be on. Is there a pimento sandwich? You can make a sandwich out of anything. Okay. It's bottom. Uh, I put open faced. Open faced. Open faced sandwich. Yeah. You know, like when you get a sandwich that's open and they just pour gravy all over it. That's trash. That's not a sandwich. Oh, man. Don't be who you are. There's nothing better than like a roast beef open faced sandwich because of the mashed potatoes. That's the key. Do you have another sandwich you don't like? Um, I got two more. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not a big fish sandwich kind of guy. Okay, I can see that. Um, I feel like a good fish sandwich, yes. But I feel like the variance of fish sandwiches goes from like pretty good to like, whoa, yeah. that is horrible. See, I think like we're blessed around here because it's a very high Catholic area. Yeah. Cincinnati area. And so like the Linton season, yeah. fish sandwiches are in oh man frisch's fish sandwich it's pretty good it's pretty good um i went with egg sandwich as my number three because yeah. it's too soft too much mush i need a break in consistency it's almost really why i don't like a lot of fish sandwiches yeah too much mush give me put the potato chip on an egg sandwich or something yeah yeah i got one more mcgriddle yeah. oh that's gross yeah it really is i'm, I'm surprised yeah. we agree on this one i thought yeah. you'd come at me it's on pretty sick. mcgriddle like come on and anything from hardy's like I'll, I'll eat as unhealthy as anybody, obviously, yeah. but come on. How do you feel about rallies? Um, as a like a chain, I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I think the fries are overrated. Fries are good. Uh, yeah, they're pretty salty. <laughs> yeah, the service is horrible. The worst. 
Oh, it, Hardee's is the worst. They're kind of like yeah. the the um, cheesecake factory of fast food. And like everything. Their menu is huge. You get wings, a yeah. hot dog, yeah, chili dog. My last one is grilled cheese. I think it's pretty. Oh my god, ratty. I hate grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah. I mean, it's just nothing to it. It's just all yellow and brown. What do you want? Yeah, it's what? just it's like a decent sandwich, just, but like, where's the beef? It's the San Diego Padres. <laughs> like you could put some meat on it. My son it's does dip good. his into ketchup though, and I think it's a different level. It's a, it's okay. It's almost like a the poor man's tomato soup. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Interesting. All right, you have one more. Or are you done with I'm the done. Blades? All right, I get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ton of sandwich. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, market research and some of the prediction things. Um, one of the things I got. So we talked a lot about mergers and acquisitions. Yeah. So research now finally said this week, "Hey, we're coming out with a new brand." Oh, they we, did say that this week. It was in a tweet, like a picture. And I think oh, I Melanie re- we tweet or somebody, Melanie or somebody tweeted it or LinkedIn it or somebody I saw. Well, they've been claiming they're going to have a new name for six months now. Come on, give it over. What do you think it's going to be? Let's move on. That's my question is what, what's the oh, new branding? Here's what it is. Are you ready? Yeah. Peanut Labs. <laughs> I get that. They, that's a great name. They own right. it. Right. It has a little bit of equity. E-rewards. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah. There you go. What if they I want to DMS. I think... You want a prediction? They're going to mess this up. No. (laughs) (laughs) Research now, SSI, pick one. Who cares which one? Yeah. They're not going to do that. They're going to come up with something like everybody else is coming up with like numerator. Survey sampling now. Done. Yeah, there you go. I did it. I mean, they're going to try to get cute. That's the problem. They're going to try to get cute. Research International, does that still exist as a company? That'd be a great panel name, right? Yeah. Research International still exists. Huh. Huh. All right. I was, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if they are going to, and they might just go research now. I think that would be smart. Peanut labs is a good idea though. I like where you're going. (laughs) It's been my joke for a year, but maybe it might actually be it. They did say brand a lot in the thing. So maybe it's, maybe it's brand. (laughs) Just brand. Wouldn't they like be the ones that like they went in a bot market research.com. Right. <laughs> like that secondary research thing. They're right. like, hey, we're market research. We're called Sample. <laughs> like, what's the name of your company now? Sample. What's up? We are Sample. Yeah, sorry. We, we've always been Sample. Yeah. So you live to them to be called Sample. I get that. Um, do you have any predictions for what like a next merger is going to be or anything like that? I, I don't think it'll be long before Kantar sells off their stuff. Really? And I hope it's Sir Martin that buys it. <laughs> That's really what I'm rooting for. Yeah. That he gets back in the game. <laughs> I would love some good drama. Not not like legal drama, just kind of some fun stuff to talk about. If Sir Martin got back in the game big time because he already is. I think that um yeah, I think that Cantar then or maybe Nielsen will sell buy something pretty soon. That's my and I know nothing, by the way. Obviously no nothing. But I don't know anything. Just either. guessing. Uh um, what do you think? biggest merger that I think is going to happen. Uh, I don't know. Cause the people I thought would buy stuff, like I thought Qualtrics would maybe buy something, but I don't think they will. Yeah, now. They're, they're probably done for the year. Right. Um, I could see research now buying a company to get more automated yeah. or to buy something to get more full service. Yeah. So think about, what Zappy Store has done this year? Yeah. So if Cantar selling stuff off, which yeah. they own Zappy Store, right? Yeah, that'd be a nice piece to get. Right. Yeah. You see where I'm going there? I could also see, and, and that can help them change. Maybe a Lucid getting a Zappy Store. Oh. So then everything could be automated. I also wonder about like um, 
So if Qualtrics is bought now, and I would say that they're going to shift away from a lot of, I mean, they already have, but like the programming of surveys and stuff. Yeah. What does that mean to decipher and and tell a survey and those type of companies? And are they right for the picking now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think that might be a play. Like if you're research now, why wouldn't you buy like IntelliSurvey? Yeah. Why not? And then have everything under one roof. It worked out for Critical Mix and what was like when they yeah. did all that, you know, authentic response, Critical Mix, innovation, all that, whatever. Yeah. That kind of worked out. So I've been surprised. I, my prediction for years was that Qualtrics or Focus Vision would buy a sample company because mm-hmm. it was an obvious move. But since neither of them ever did, I'm wondering about the the, the model of sampling in general. Yeah. I mean, we've seen basically one new panel emerge in the last four or five years. Sure. So maybe the costs aren't there. So maybe that's why they probably, I'm guessing, I don't know, looked at the financials and said, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. And you wonder like what, um, here's a question I had. This is totally off the wall. I didn't even write this down. So this wasn't something I came up with. So like, think about like panel building or panel companies, right? Yeah. What about and then like panel building companies is a little bit different, right? Yeah. So think about just anytime somebody is monetizing a database. Yeah. Right? So Scent, obviously has hands on, they get people to watch. Maru or Vision Critical, you know, they obviously like they're panel builders, community builders, yeah. C-Space, that type of thing. My take, there's like a bunch of these companies that build these yes. panels and communities. Yes. Does blockchain help put them? Like does, that hurts them, right? If blockchain is trying to get more people and like do like the opinion of data and get more rich, which you would think like, think about if you were to sell somebody like... You have a database. Uh, do you want to know everything about these people? You can append yeah. all kinds of stuff to them that they're doing outside of what you have. Like you have all these things. That's why you would tell somebody to build a community rather than to build a panel, right? Yeah. So could blockchain kind of like I don't know eat some of that market share? We should, That's a tough question to say. Like I'm, I just probably, thought about it. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about this. This is interesting. We should probably have like a community person on yeah. that knows blockchain. We probably know a few people that would be happy to talk about it. I would think it would help it. I don't know. The reason why the reason why this first came in my head was the 2020 thing. Yeah. Like 2020 has a community platform that they sell and like they will build a community for you and manage that. Right. And now they're putting everybody through this blockchain. Yeah. You know, and I know that, um, they call it, I mean, everyone has a different thing, but if you talk to any blockchain company, they will say rather than, well, except for Vericliff, rather than have one gigantic panel that everybody is a part of for like a universal ID, yeah. it's like siloed communities yeah. that they can go through and find. And so basically it's the same model that like a vision critical or somebody would use, right? Yeah. They don't go across all the different panels that they have like permission wise, but right. why wouldn't you? Well, I, in general, I think communities could explode. Mm-hmm. I think the benefit of communities, and if you do it right, the insights you can derive from it, both qualitative and quantitative, and the ability you have to like do crazy stuff with people and what they're willing to do, they could explode. The challenge, at least we see it on our end, and probably most on the panel side, it is so hard to recruit to panel to right. communities. It is right. almost impossible to where we should probably many many panel companies don't do it at all. They refuse right. to do it. We're very limited what we can do with the community, so you have to build the communities a little bit differently than you panels have to build like super fan communities yeah. right? where you already have a certain and, you know, database. If they're not yeah. branded, you have other problems and we're incenting differently with communities. So you sure. can't really go to the same thing. I think blockchain will enable communities now that I've thought about it for what a minute and a half. Yeah. Blockchain will help enable the community companies to really 
really emerge strong, I think, because you'll have all the validation, you'll have all the profiling, and they're not necessarily part of lots of different panels. I think it'll really help them. Well, I think about like, um, so Major League Baseball has a community yes. that they run surveys through and it's run through Vision Critical Platform, right? Yeah. And so they build it. Obviously, anyone's going to sign up for Major League Baseball, yes. right? And you, I think you even opt in on it with a lot of like all-star ballots and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? And so you're part of the Major League Baseball community and you're yeah. doing like the surveys for them. Say, for instance, you throw that onto a blockchain. Like you move it out of Vision Critical, you throw it on a blockchain. Yes. And so you get all of that information. And yes. then you say, okay, along with that, what else are you involved in? Like, could you give us your Amazon login? Yes. Could you give us your Facebook login? Do you mind if we start looking at some of like your uh, IoT type stuff? Yeah. Do you mind if we start like just watching like your traffic, right? Your, uh, it, we put a pixel on you and it goes through like whatever your traffics, then you start getting advertising and wearable type stuff. Yeah. And so now if you're major league baseball, you not only have the answers to surveys that you're pushing out to people and your fit local and your fans, but now you have what their Facebook is, what other sports yep. they like. You have all this passive data that they have. Yeah. You have data that you can sell to um, sponsorships, mm -hmm. right? You have data you can sell for your media contacts mm -hmm. You have data. You can sell for ticket sales. You have data. You can go for merchandising and retail, right? Mm -hmm. You have all kinds of data as well as like everyone that could have like advertising sales. Mm -hmm. That to me is a lot richer than just having a panel on vision critical. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that expects a lot out of blockchain. That expects the blockchain that you see written on paper to be the blockchain of reality. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, why would you do it anywhere, anyway else? I don't know. I agree. Right. That's, uh, I'm sure that the community people, that's their vision. Right. It's beautiful. <laughs> right. Two years, that is beautiful if that comes to fruition. I just think about that. Like I, I've heard, I've seen panels before with like C-Space will be like presenting with somebody and they're like, okay, here's how they helped us. And, like they tell a story, but it stops. And yeah. you're like, well, what if they did this? Well, what if they added this? And it seems like blockchain can help get some of that, but I don't know. Yeah, like why, if you're a, I don't know, like if I think about it, if I'm a respondent, wouldn't I rather share my opinions and all of my data with a community of people Yeah, that I get to interact with and it's more of a long-term relationship maybe? And for a brand, like branded. Well, maybe it's branded. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Would I rather do that or one off? Hey, ask me about this this time, and oh, here, share my answers on whatever with a different type of survey topic and platform. And yeah, what I'm doing is different, and every single time, I think I'd rather do the community. I think I would too. Yeah. Gonna, it might come down to the incentive, but I'd rather do the community. I think I would too. Huh. Okay. But it's easy to say with like a major league baseball community. Yeah. Well, it's a community talking about like cleaning or yeah. paper towels or an ailment or something like yeah. that. Right? Yeah. So I'm it's going to be specific. You. Anyway. Uh, I think that's all I have for that. You want to give a rant? Do you have a rant? It can be market research or non-market research. The only rant I have, this is going to be short. Good. We're not listed on the Flex. Who, do you know FlexMR? Do you know anybody there? Mm, no. They recently listed <laughs> their top 100 social media influencers. In market research? Yes. And we're not one of them. We're not one 100? of them. No, I think they went to individuals. So that's, well, I don't know who they are, so that's fine. Yeah. Well, everybody's falling all over it. Who are, like, who's the lead? Like, who's the contact? This is I, a genuine conversation that we're having right now, by the way. Just, I don't know who these people are. Okay. They, then they listed the top, I think it was like around 15 blogs in market research. Yeah. 
And we're not on the list. We're not on top 15. We're not on the list of the top podcasts. Are we just talking to ourselves and doing like we have a the producer Brian here does a lot of stuff. We put out a couple blogs a week. We put out, a, I think, the best podcast in market research. No offense to Seema and Jamin. Yeah. Um, and we're not listed on this stuff. So I'm going to start getting I'm, I'm going to start getting attack mode, I think. Let's do it. Let's go double down. Let's start paying our way onto these lists like all the other companies. <laughs> yeah. Is it pay for right? play? Is it like conferences? It's a pay and for I, play. I'm, type just, I'm ignorant to actually what's going on yeah. behind the scenes. You're just sitting there with all this knowledge. <laughs> right. Nothing to share. No. I let you in the ball. I think we should be – somebody should be in the top 100 social media influencers. I don't think you tweet enough. I think it's individual and you probably don't tweet enough. Yeah. Clearly, I don't tweet. And it's not going to look at a company Twitter account. That's probably sure. the problem there. So like if I cut down like my Notre Dame tweets yeah. and start tweeting more about like incidence rates and stuff, I might be able to get in there. Right. Yeah. We'll see. I'll see. I'll think about That's it. That's my rant. Like FlexMR, all of a sudden, that was I mean, genius on their end. Yeah. Just all of a sudden having these lists. And they, uh, I think for the um, social media, they had some sort of like even some analytics behind it. Well, it's oh, not really? us saying it. It's, you know. Oh, hash- go to hell. The number yeah. of times using the hashtags and things like that. So kudos to them. Good job. But. Well, hey, 2020, we're on the list. Yeah, well, or they can go to hell. Uh, my big rant for the year is the phrase "New Year, New Something." Mm-hmm. New Year, New Me. Yeah. New Year, New Whatever. New Attitude, yeah. Resolution type things. You know what? Get yourself right, and you never have to start over. That's where I'm at. Don't evolve. Don't change. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, uh, but I do like. I feel like there's so much resolution talk right now. Yeah. Uh, and I just hope that people keep the flame going. You know, well, that's what I want to. I want to have a resolution in like June. Yeah. Why do habits have to start January 1? Yeah. It's, it's easy. Not, yeah. It's not the greatest. And like if you look at the calendar year, it's not the greatest time to do anything. Mm, it's cold. It's the best time to be in a pattern so that you can like right. get through like what it's right. a dark, gray, cold time. Like why hasn't another month said, hey, this is the new resolution month? Let's get new habits. Healthy habits. When is Yom Kippur? Isn't that the uh, Yom Kippur? Is that Ju- no? Is Rosh Hashanah the Jewish New Year? It's not in January, right? That should be our New Year. That's when we start giving resolutions now. Yeah, right. Or the Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year soon. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, and so maybe maybe you should do it then. Hmm. Let's change it up. I want to change when we do resolutions and stuff now. Like do it like March or April. Yeah. March, spring, new life, new exactly. beginnings. Ah, there's yeah, <laughs> so many analogies there. March twenty first, I want to have a spring wedding. <laughs> right, first day of spring. <laughs> Seinfeld jokes. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think that about do it for this podcast. Yeah, does that seem about right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, next week, big announcement. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, what we have a big announcement. Yeah, coming our way. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, you remembered what it was. Thank you. I thought it was podcast related, but it's company related. Company okay. related. Yeah, I get uh, it. So stay tuned and we'll put it out there. Um, until then, you can, of course, find us at emi rs.com. Email us in telecast at emi rs.com. Follow us on Twitter, emi underscore research. My own personal Twitter, Adam Jolly. And telecast Twitter is in telecast one. Um, and we're cranking out a lot of stuff on LinkedIn, right? Like yeah. EMI is. Tw- cranking out stuff i'm trying to put a bunch of stuff out there yeah. you're putting a lot of stuff we, a lot of blogs we have an annual research on research report that's probably out if you're listening to this right now it's probably on our website really yeah what can people find there what does that mean well we do a lot of research on the sample space we probably should have led with this <laughs> who's still listening at this point but we do a lot of research which i design with a team of people and we're like well instead of just doing one off like a one pager or a deck 
we put it, this is producer Brian's idea. We put it, in, I don't know, a 60 page document, which is huge. And I, we got a lot of pushback, like who's going to read a 60 page document. But then we thought, you know what? Um, the green book and quirks and lots of stuff is like long form reading. And so we're just taking a chance. If you're interested in reading about research, download it. It's completely free. Uh, learn about a lot of what we do about the sample landscape and some other, you know, different initiatives as well. I think it's huge. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. We'll yeah. write a big chunk. We can talk more about our research on research and stuff going on in EMI. Yeah. Until then, we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.